Irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You're listening to Answers for the Family with Alan Cardoza, right here on LA Talk Radio. Thank you for joining us and welcome to another edition of Answers Network. I'm your host, Alan Cardoza, and each week this show will address many ways of creating greater health, joy, and love for you and your family. And we will introduce you to top professionals and talented authors who are working to make this world a better place for all of us. Now, I'd really appreciate it if you would all do me a big favor. Please forward at least one of our shows to your social media group and to someone you know who can benefit from today's subject. This is one powerful way that we can make a positive difference together. Now, I want you all to know that I am grateful that you take your time to listen to or watch this show, and especially to those who send in questions, comments, reviews, and suggestions, because please remember, this show exists for you. Now, if you haven't gotten your copy of the Attitude of Gratitude Journal yet, remember, it is free, and you can go to our website at AnswersForTheFamily.com and download it. Give it 21 days and comment on whatever platform you listen to us on, what focusing on gratitude has meant for you and your loved ones. Now, I have a quote, although it is not from the journal. Uh, This one, uh, it foreshadows our show today, I think, pretty well. And that is, caring for your body, mind, and spirit is your greatest and grandest responsibility. It's about listening to the needs of your soul and then honoring them. And that's by Christy Ling. Well, unfortunately, 2020 has brought a lot of trauma into many people's lives. So today, we're going to focus on 2021 and a new year to reboost your life and transform trauma into healing. Now, our guest, Dr. Lydia Luna, is the founder of Moon Collective Retreats. She is a licensed clinical psychologist with over 10 years of practicing experience based here in California. Her background includes working with at-risk youth, children in the foster care system, and adults in residential level care. Lydia has also led one of the largest behavioral health care agencies in Southern California as a clinical director and was later appointed chief operating officer, serving those with autism spectrum disorder and other developmental disabilities. Now, Lydia is also a board member of the Qualified Applied Behavioral Analysis Credentialing Board, and through her own healing work, she has learned to use her barriers and hardships as a catalyst to continuously search for meaning and purpose. She has discovered that there is an infinite amount of power that we are all connected to and we hold within. There is love wisdom, and strength that goes beyond our comprehension and an ability to tap into the power that we, that we want, that we really want to understand and the barriers that sometimes get in the way. Now, Lydia uses what she's learned personally, academically, and professionally to guide others through challenging times and to help access the virtues they already possess. She has dedicated herself to helping people tap into their inner power, strength, and wisdom to experience a freer life with a greater sense of love and appreciation. Lydia, welcome to Answers Network. Hi, thank you for having me, Alan. Well, uh, it it is my pleasure, um, and I know you've been on the show a couple times as the guest co-host, and um, you've always added such, such great information, such great insight. And I've been looking forward to having you on the show as the guest so we can go a little deeper. Yes, me too. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and let's, let's talk about the reboost retreats and, and, you know, with everything else that you've been doing, what inspired you to create these retreats? And is it, is it, was it tied to, um, to the COVID situation or did you just decide this was the time? You know, it's, I feel like all of this started out of a calling. Uh, I've wanted to do retreats for many years. It's something that um, I knew I had to do, but um, I was inspired by 
my work in private practice, as well as working in rehabilitation centers. So I saw people coming into rehab and just escaping all the daily responsibilities and really doing some deep work and attending to themselves. And so I really saw the value in this process for people. And what I saw was, okay, these are people that are either struggling with substance abuse, drug abuse. Um, and then I thought, what about people that are maybe not dealing with substance or drug abuse, right? Where are they going? So then there's like mental health institutions, but those have a stigma. And sometimes you really need to like have some severe psychological issues going on to be able to go to those. And I know there's retreats out there too, but that, you know, that's yoga retreats or retreats that attend to the physical body, like detoxing, dieting, or healthy eating, all of those things, which are useful as well. But I thought, you know, I want to create a space for everyday people that just need to get away and rejuvenate, reconnect with themselves, reevaluate what's going on, whether it's because of a life transition or just there's something going on in their lives that they feel unfulfilled or like there's something missing or a void, or there's just some blockages that have just started to like really become evident. And so I wanted to create a space for everyday people dealing with everyday life and have a space to go to and really just take the time to do this inner work. And then what I have really observed through my experience is that there's so many different healing modalities that are available. And so my background is in psychology and I know the value in that, but I have also experienced other healing modalities like breath work and sound healing that really tap into other components of the self, mm -hmm. which I thought are so fundamentally necessary that a lot of people aren't even aware of. So I thought, what a great opportunity to create the space for healing and then also introduce different healing modalities so that we can tap into these various components of the self and really allow for this immersive experience for transformation. Right. Well, and and the reason I asked if, it, if the timing had anything to do with COVID is there's a lot of people that I've spoken to that say that they feel like they're just going through the motions that they're sort of, you know, some uh, one person said, I feel like I'm in quicksand, but they're just kind of going through the motions and they're not really uh, experiencing life uh, in a real meaningful way. And one of the things that I really liked as I was you know, looking at the website and talking to you about the retreats is that it seemed like you're really focused on getting people back to, um, to determining what is meaningful to them um, you know, what is purposeful and, you know, what is their intention? And so share a little bit about how you're doing that and what your uh, definition of that is. Sure. And so speaking of 2020, right, what I think it did is it really slowed people down. It took away a lot of the distractions. We are people that love to be social. We're social creatures. So we're mm -hmm. always out doing things, exploring, keeping busy. And I think with this pandemic um, and, you know, isolating and quarantining, that it really just shifted our everyday life and it forced us to just stop, right? Mm -hmm. So what do you do when you can't go out and distract and socialize? You stay home and you start really just experiencing what it's like to kind of be you, be you without all of these distractions and reevaluate your life and your relationships. And some people were stuck with their significant others 24 seven. And, you know, that brought on a whole new dynamic to the relationship. Um, other people that are single were alone. And then that allowed for a lot of time to self-reflect. So I think what 2020 did is it really brought to the surface stuff that was probably just lingering, but we weren't attending to. Mm -hmm. And also, in addition to that, it brought up a lot of insecurity and uncertainty, which may have triggered these already existing feelings or, yeah, just exacerbated what we already had. So I think what, what 2020 did is just bring up a lot of stuff to the surface. So for me, Another component of these retreats were like, okay, this is the time because we are really 
being called to, I think, as a collective to shift who we are and how we view life and how we're living, we were forced to. Yeah. And so now it's okay, let's take this time and create a space where we're going to attend to ourselves um, with the help of others, because it's it's not easy to just attend to yourself and decide to, and you know, it's easier said than done. Exactly. But to have a group of people that are really gifted and have this these amazing intuitions and gifts to really know what people need is amazing. And then also to be able to connect with others, because I think part of the healing process is to be able to share your story, be able to say it out loud and be heard and have a witness. And then for the other people listening, it's pretty impactful to hear other people's stories because it either makes you realize you're not alone in your suffering, um, or sometimes it makes you grateful for your own experience because you hear that some people have it way worse than you, you know? Mm -hmm. And so you're thinking, oh my God, my life really sucks. Uh, But then you hear about what other people have been through and you're like, oh my God, this is nothing. Okay, I'm gonna live in gratitude right now because it could be worse. So there's so much power and being with a group and being vulnerable and open and allowing people to support you. And then you give that support to other people too. There's like some kind of magic that's created in that. So I think throughout all of these experiences, um, you know, part of the goal in our time together is like you said, to create an opportunity for people to self-reflect, to rediscover themselves and be reminded of who they truly are in their truest essence so that people can live a more intentional life, a life with more meaning and purpose. Um, I don't think we came to exist in this world to just, you know, sit behind a desk or, you know, be in front of the television and mm-hmm. be disgusted, right? All right. of those are fun and sometimes are needed, right? <laughs> For distraction. But we came here because there is a purpose. We all came here to add something to humanity, to leave a footprint on this earth. And we have a choice. That's the beautiful part about it is to create our own existence and our own purpose. And, and the fun part is to figure out what that is. You know, that's the fun part. And sometimes we're scared and we're, we're like um, intimidated by it. Like, Oh my God, I have a purpose. I don't know. I don't have a purpose. I don't know my purpose. I don't know. And it's okay. It's okay. Not know your purpose. It's about exploring and going through that journey of self-discovery. And it's, it's meant to be fun. And mm-hmm. you know, that's what we're here to do for other people is help them through that. That's great. And I love the fact that you brought up that not everything that's happened in 2020 was bad. I love the fact that you've talked about the fact that there's a slowing down, that there might be sort of a, a, a reboot of sorts. Um, because there's so many people that I talk to that will go, I just can't wait till this is over and everything is back to normal. And I'll go, well, you know, normal wasn't all that great. There were some things that could be fixed. And, and part of this is, is forced or not is being fixed. And so I, you know, I like the fact that you're bringing people together to talk about these things, but not looking at it and just saying, okay, all of that was bad. We're going to move forward now. Um, no, there, there's things that we can take from it. And I hope everybody understands that, that there are people now that are spending more time at home with their kids. There are people that are spending more time at home with their spouse or other loved ones. Um, you know, there are some really good things that are coming out of this. We just need to be able to take the good that we did, that we were able to get from it mm-hmm. and move forward with that, not toss it all away and go back to exactly how it was beforehand. Yes. And, you know, stress exists all the time. What, mm-hmm. you know, 2020 or this pandemic did is it was a stressful situation. Sure. It was new, something a lot of us have never experienced. But stress exists all the time, right? Different kinds of stress. Some is more, you know, serious than others. Like, um, I think what I'm, what I would like to share with people is that it's always going to exist. It's about how we perceive stress, how we manage stress. So, you know, what makes stress stress is our perception 
that the problem is bigger than our ability to cope with that. So it's really just the state of mind, how we choose to perceive the situation. So I think the question would be, okay, is this a stressful situation? Yes. Um, is there anything I can do? Do I have any control to change the situation? Sometimes the answer is yes. Okay, so then let's make those changes. Sometimes the answer is no, we cannot change the situation. So then what can I do? I can change my response to the situation. Mm -hmm. How can I change that response? Well, is there a silver lining in this? Can I gain something from this? Is there something for me to learn? Is this an opportunity for change? You know, and then start taking those steps so that you feel more empowered in this stressful situation, right? Now there's mm -hmm. some power, there's some control. And if you can really hone into that, you're going to gain skills, tools, techniques to help you move forward. And now you've experienced resilience, right? Now you've overcome this moment and you've gained something. So this stressful experience wasn't in vain. It propelled you to this process of evolution. Now you're different, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, in, in, in your retreats, you talk about uh, self-care and soul care. And, and as you were talking, there were times in which I was thinking, this sounds like self-care, this sounds like soul care. So what is the difference between those two? Yeah. So self-care is attending to your psychological being, to your physical being. It's really doing things that help you feel better. Um, yeah, attending to your body and your mind, right? Mm -hmm. Where soul care is attending to that more deeper part of you, that intuitive part of you that knows what you need at your core to make you feel more complete, um, to make you feel fulfilled. It's attending to that part of you that's connected to a higher self. So what we in our self-care part comes in where people get away from everything, relax, eat some good food, be around other pretty people, and experience relaxation and dynamic workshops and things like that. And then the soul care comes in our soul discussion groups, where people talk about what's really going on at the core of them, talk about different virtues. Some of our themes that we cover in our soul discussion groups are um, fear, uh, freedom from fear, mm -hmm. forgiveness and acceptance, and love and compassion. And I think these are really important virtues that need attending to. Um, we really need to spend time to talk about these things because if we don't talk about what we're afraid of, then it just sits there dormant and we carry it like a weight, right? So it's important to identify what are the things that we fear, what's weighing us down, and how can we get rid of that or face it, confront it, so that it's not the scary monster anymore. Um, love and, it, love and um, compassion, these are things that if we really practice self-love, on a regular basis, we're able to then give that to other people. A lot of us think that if we attend to ourselves, it's very selfish, right? Like there's no time to attend to me. I've got to take care of others, especially mm -hmm. parents um, or caretakers. Uh, yeah. They're just always about other people. But really what we want to encourage is that you attend to yourself first and let's take away that judgment and label that it's selfish. You come first not in a selfish way, but as a way of priority, because the more attuned you are to yourself, the more connected you are, the more you love yourself, the more you can give that and emanate that to others. So it's just a beautiful opportunity to encourage people to do this. And that's what I really appreciate about our space. And people really talk about how when they attend our retreats, they feel like they leave on a higher vibrational state. They feel mm -hmm. lighter. They feel more in love. They feel happier and they feel more connected to others. Like you can feel the love in the group. It's pretty amazing. 
Well, this is certainly a time in which we all need to be able to get more connected with others because we're being told to do just the opposite. Uh, I love the fact that you were talking about uh, caregivers because uh, one uh, and parents, because one of the guests that I had many years ago, I thought had a great analogy. And they said, think about what you're supposed to do when you're on an airplane and those masks fall from the ceiling. They tell you, put yours on first, then put your child's on. Because if you don't put yours on, you're not going to be that much help for your child as time goes on. Yes. So anyway, so I, yeah, I, I thought of that analogy while you were talking. Now, while we're thinking about caregivers, and one of the things I'm so thankful, we have a lot of caregivers and parents uh, that that contact us and tell us that they listen to or watch the show. Um, how does how does a caregiver know when it's time that they need to attend to themselves? Uh, you know, someone you know in the professions that we we work within. Um, I think there's a lot of people that are really pushed to the limit. And then at the same time, they now have the fear that while they're being this caregiver and they're doing everything they can to help other people, they're also putting themselves at greater risk of getting ill. Um, so let's talk a little bit about some of the things that they can do to protect themselves so that they're still here to be able to help everybody else. Yes. You know, I think there's, such beauty in being a caregiver because there's people that just innately from a very young age, they have been caregivers. So I feel like these are just natural born healers and it manifests in different ways. And healers need healing too. Nobody is obsolete. We are all human. We have the same needs. It's just some people really have this, have this intuition to care for others, but it doesn't exempt them from this need. So some of the signs that people can start looking into is when they start feeling depleted, there's very low energy. Um, some people can start feeling resentful even, like, oh, I have to do this, and why me? It's always me. Um, there's such thing as burnout when as much sure. you love what you do, mm-hmm. you feel burnt out and like, you don't know how long you can do it anymore. You start thinking about doing something else. If this is your profession, you, you think of, did I make a mistake and all of these things, right? So there's also this feeling of maybe feeling extremely tired, low energy, or maybe you want to sleep too much, or maybe you can't sleep because you're having too many racing thoughts. You know, there's so many signs, like even headaches in terms of physical symptoms, there's headaches, stomach aches, tension in the body, um, racing heartbeat, there's just your body and your inner being starts giving you signals that, hey, something is going on, you know, this is a bit too much, maybe you're feeling overwhelmed. So it's important to attend to that. Because you're a caregiver does not mean that you're supposed to just ignore all of these and care for everybody else. You have to care for yourself, you have to listen to these signs. Usually they start out kind of small and minimal. And if we don't attend to them, then they just get louder and louder and stronger and more severe and significant. And it could lead to illness. Mm -hmm. Um, I was reading that 75 to 90% of doctor's visits are stress related. And what is that about, right? It's Mm -hmm. like, we're just feeling maybe overwhelmed and all of these things start manifesting in the body. So for the caretakers out there, that's wonderful what you're doing. But it's important that you attend to yourself so that the quality of the help that you're giving and the interactions that you're having are light. They are like not given resentfully, but out of like pure giving, you know, healthy, healthy interactions too. So, yeah. So, so is there a retreat now being planned that's going to be geared towards caregivers? (laughs) Yeah, actually, we have specialized retreats. That Good. as well. And one of them is for police officers and first responders. But we also offer some for new parents. We offer a family retreats. We offer some for parent and child bonding because I think that's super important. Um, then we have some fun ones for like bridal parties. So yeah, there's several different types of retreats. That Good. I like that. And as you were speaking, I thought, you know, there might be another one, and that is um after the caregivers have one for themselves, and then 
have one for all of the people who who have caregivers that take care of them so that the caregivers get a break, but that they also learn that, you know, maybe that that caregiver needs a break, you know, and that, that they maybe need to start looking at what are the things they can do in self-care and not be quite so reliant on, on yes, the other people. Exactly. They're modeling, they're modeling what it's like to take care of oneself. And then the other person can gain those skills too, and take care of themselves. Absolutely. All right. Well, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, uh, I'd like to discuss with you some tools that we can give the audience that will help them practice self-care. So for everybody out there, stay with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to Answers Network. Founded over 30 years ago to meet the needs of families in crisis, Westfield has continually focused on resolving issues that negatively impact families and businesses. Our signature therapeutic transportation service helps to ensure that adolescents in crisis are safely transported to specialized schools, programs, and treatment centers with unsurpassed experience and success. We are supported by our full-service licensed investigation agency that is legally, professionally, and compassionately located hundreds of runaways and teens, which may include referrals to our international network of top professionals in the fields of educational consulting, psychology, psychiatry, and investigations. Simply put, Westfield Adolescent Services and Westfield Investigations are the best solutions when your family is facing a personal crisis. Call 1-800-899-8585, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's 1-800-899-8585, or visit our website at westshield.com. Thank you. Hi, I'm Marty Cove. You might remember me from my film roles, such as the Sensei in the Karate Kid films and a variety of others. Uh, I've done over 100 films and countless stunts in my career, and I've always given 100% physically. As fun as it was, I've had to have multiple surgeries from doing something to find relief from this chronic pain. My passion for health and fitness drove me to find a natural way to combat body and muscle pain without taking medication every day. Teaming up with doctors, detectives, and a compounding pharmacist we created Marty's Cobra Cove Ultra Strength Pain Relief Cream. Our CBD cream is whole plant extracted and made with high-quality amino acids and essential oils that can improve the strength and the absorption. Other CBD's products, well, they aren't like ours. It's the only thing that has been strong enough to knock out my pain. And I'm not the only one. Thousands of other people have benefited from the healing attributes of these products worldwide. So check out our website at www.martyscobracove.com. It's legal, it's safe, and it's 100% effective. So show your pain no mercy. All right. Well, now we really are back. <laughs> You're listening to Answers Network and... Um, with, with me is Dr. Lydia Luna. And when we went to break, uh, I asked for some tools that we can give the audience to help them practice self-care. So, uh, if you're, if you're at a desk, if you're in a place to where you can do this, great. If you're driving and you can't, that's okay. You can listen to this later on, uh, when you're at a more comfortable place and, uh, hopefully get some, some nice benefit from it. Yes. So first, what I'd like to do is give people some ideas of what they can do for self-care. And then I'd like to walk through an exercise together so that we can all do it together, no matter where people are. Um, I think for self-care is to practice deep breathing and relaxation techniques. And we can do that. We can offer a snippet in a little bit, but that's really important because when we practice deep breathing, we're reminding our body to relax. We're decreasing stress and tension in the body, and that can feel really instantaneously calming and relaxing. Um, and then also what I'd like to encourage people to do is to be intentional with self-care. Self-care isn't just going to happen. Sometimes it's, it does, but usually just like we make time to get ready in the morning, 
to eat, to go to work, to go to sleep. We have to make time for self-care. And ideally, this is on a daily basis. Every day, we should do something that makes us feel good. It would really add to the quality of our lives. Um, but if you, let's say you can't do this every day, which we'll talk about how you can do this every day, um, it's important to plan activities then, you know, create a time in your schedule, in your week, where a few times out of the week or for the weekend, you attend to something that just really brings you joy and pleasure. Um, so if your time is extremely limited, and let's say you just don't have the time to block it off, then finding time within your daily activities that does allow for self-care, like things you already do, but making it a self-care moment. So like taking a shower, right? So we're taking a shower and a lot of us are just not being mindful, just doing what we have to do, getting in and out because we have a million things to do. We're thinking about our day and what we have to do and et cetera. But so instead of that, being mindful with taking a shower, eating the same thing, being mindful when you're eating, being mindful when you're driving a car, slowing down to appreciate these little moments and how the warm water feels on your body and thinking happy thoughts and grateful thoughts and things that are really feeling nice at that moment, how you're alone and taking a break from everyday life, how you're the water's washing away the stresses of the day and how you're going to approach this day in a very relaxed and calm way. When you're driving, putting on some music that really makes you feel good and talking to yourself in a loving and kind way, telling yourself that you're proud of yourself for getting up this morning, going to work and being a responsible adult and what good you're going to contribute to the world or to your colleagues or to your family, what amazing qualities you have, just practicing positive self-talk, right? And these are all things that, again, we can do no matter where we're at and it really helps. I want people to try it. Um, but also other things people can do is they can go online and just literally Google self-care activities. So if somebody, there's people that really don't know what they like, what feels good, um, or they just want to venture out and do new things, Google self-care activities. And, you know, there will be lists of things that one can try. So this can be part of the exploratory journey, you know, of discovering new things that feel good. But other things can include getting a massage, going to yoga, going to the chiropractor to get your spine aligned. You know, I mean, there's so many things that we can do. Yeah, and, and I, I think and those are all great things. And I love the fact that these are all things, or many of them are things that we're going to be doing anyway. Like, I'm glad you brought up, like, when you're eating or when you're taking a shower, <clears throat> we're not adding more time to your day. It's just how can you put yourself in the right state of mind while you're doing the things you already do? So, but on the other hand, how does one transform a stressful event or a situation and flip it and turn it into a, a healing or a personal growth type of situation where other people might not, you know, other people might then take that further and turn it into a bigger problem? How can we take those things, these little events? And, and I'm seeing there's a lot of people that seem to be on edge, you know, the slightest little thing, you know, and, you know, p people in the store and I had, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting in line and one person yells at another person because they weren't standing on the spot, that little dot that they're putting on there. Now they were standing a little bit off the spot and it wasn't like they were getting too close to anybody. They just weren't on the spot, but somebody got irritated by that. So in my mind, I just thought, you know, I, I'm, I'm concerned that that person's under so much stress that every little thing's bothering them. So what are some tools that we can use to turn these things that appear to be stressful events into healing or growth? So I think that that brings up two things, right? It's one, how we manage our stress and two, how we manage other people's stress. So how we manage our stress is to really pay attention to how we feel. Our feelings are just messengers telling us that we need to attend to something. 
So what is stressing us out? Is it that we need to have a conversation with somebody? Is it that we need to do something? Is it that we need to make changes that we're avoiding? What is stressing us out? Is it that we feel out of control over a situation? So really identifying what it is. And again, like we talked about earlier is how we perceive the situation and do we have power and control over it? Finding ways in which we do have some power and control and make those changes. And if we get stuck, let's not do it alone. Seek out help from somebody, somebody mm -hmm. you trust and know, somebody that you think has tools that they can give you. And if those people are not around or you don't feel comfortable communicating with those people and seeking out help from them, then seeking out professional help. Uh, there's several people out there that can help, um, whether it's, you know, psychologists or mental health professionals or counselors. I mean, there's so many people out there. You don't have to deal with this alone. We're not meant to actually. Right. And then the other thing is how do we deal with other people's stress? And I think the key to this is practicing compassion. Most of the time when people are acting out, it's based out of fear most of the time, even anger, there's fear underneath anger. So it's understanding that most of the time when people are bringing that to you, it has nothing to do with you. So let's not take that personally and understand that they may just be having a really tough day. Who knows what is going on in their life that they're admitting this to everyone else, right? If they were happy inside, they would not be this way right? When you're happy inside, you give happiness. When you're not well inside, you give that energy, right? So when people act out, when there's, you know, you're in the grocery store and people are giving you attitude and making sure you're away, that's their fear speaking. And let's practice compassion and understand these are strenuous times. People are dealing with it in different ways and usually the best that they can we all just are at different levels of coping and maybe they're not at a place where they found some peace in this. And let's practice compassion so that we're not absorbing that energy. Instead, we're emitting love, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's talk a little bit more about the retreats uh, and from the standpoint of location, um, share a little bit about, you know, is there, you know, just the one location? Uh, I believe you're, you have multiple locations. Um, what locations are you using and why? Yes. So right now our retreats are focused in Southern California and we had some in Malibu. Um, right now we're going to have our next one in Ventura County. And so our goal is to make our retreats accessible to people. Um, so we'll have retreats at various locations, usually surrounded by nature, and this really helps people to just feel grounded and reconnect with nature because that has its own healing components. But our essential goal is to really do like pop-up retreats throughout California, not throughout California only, but throughout the United States mm -hmm. and have some in Miami and New York and just in different places because what I know from experience is when you're so big away somewhere, plus you can't travel time, that just feels like as much as I want to do it, I just can't, my schedule won't allow it, whether it's work or family responsibilities, right? Mm -hmm. So what we wanted to do is we wanted to offer accessibility. So making the retreat times shorter. So we offer one-day retreats, we offer three-day retreats, later we'll offer uh, five or seven-day retreats. But um, we wanted to make it doable for people so that if they can take five, seven days off, you can take a weekend off and just go, you know, attend to yourself. And if even that's not possible, let's get together for one day. And in that one day, you will still get a lot from the experience. Um, so, yeah, that's part of the goal and mission is to just really make it accessible to people because it's something that everybody needs. So I don't want travel or time off to get in the way. So um, because we're all having to deal with it, you know, what are some of the, the things that you're doing to respect the, the physical distancing, you know, because of COVID? Yeah. So we're, we're doing our activities outdoors and when we're together, we make sure well, maybe I can talk a little bit about the activities that we do so people get a sense of some of the activities so that there's context to what I'm going to say. 
So during our time together, some of the healing modalities that we offer during our time is um, sound healing, and we offer breath work and sort of discussion groups. So um, with all of these activities, they take place outside. And for the sound healing and breath work activities, um, you're having to lie down. So there's yoga mats and they're all spaced out six feet apart. Uh, for the soul discussion groups, we're in a circle setting because it's a group discussion and people are encouraged to wear their masks and we're also far enough apart. Um, it really is safer than going to the grocery store, as we talked about, or going to the gas station or to the mall, which are things that are still open right now, right? Mm -hmm. So our groups are kept small as well. Um, usually it's around 10 people, so it's not big groups. Um, sometimes it's less than that, so it really depends. But we try to keep it so that it's not a big group. Everything is done outdoors. Um, we have stringent cleaning requirements. We take temperature. We do a COVID-free attestation form. And um, we screen people even before they attend. So, yeah, we try to make it as safe as possible. And we are mindful if there's a big surge, we, we will postpone an event until it feels more appropriate to do so. Something that we're also looking into is offering the sole discussion groups virtually so that for those people that really maybe aren't at a, you know, it's not the right time to meet in person, we can still offer some, some support virtually. Right. And so what would be some examples of attendees' experiences and outcomes? Um, for people that listen to the show, I get people that send me messages lots of times saying, I love the fact that you, that you're always asking people to give the success stories of, of, of whatever the particular topic is. So let's share some of those experiences and outcomes that we know are also success stories. Yeah. You know, the, the reason that these different activities were brought on to the retreat is because of the impact. So, for example, the sound healing, the beautiful part of that, the outcome that people experience is relaxation, rejuvenation, because the, the sound healing, it can either be like a sound bath um, workshop, let's say. That's what I'll use as an example. What that does is it, you, that the practitioner uses singing bowls, and that is... Um, is known to change the brain waves. Um, you know, is it, am I saying it right? Brain waves? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, and so what it does is it changes them to a relaxation state that mimics meditation. So what people have said is that you're laying down, you start hearing these sounds, absorbing the vibrations, and you start entering into a different state where you feel like you're meditating. And mm -hmm. it's pretty cool because people depending on, you know, where they're at, they have visions, they have messages, they have understandings, or they just go into the, like this meditative sleep state and wake up feeling so rejuvenated. It's pretty amazing. And well, and, and I want to add something in regards to the sound bath, because uh, I had the sound bath. And I had one of the best nights of sleep that yeah. and, and I had it during the evening. And I went home and I was, I felt re really rested, but I went to sleep and I woke up the next morning. I was like, wow, I, you know, I had such great energy. So I didn't know exactly what was going on, but I knew that I sure felt great afterwards. Yes. And then breath work. The magic of that is that you're laying down and you're doing these particular breathing exercises. It changes your breathing pattern and depending on the modality of the breath work, um, what it does, it just hyper oxygenates your body. So you're breathing in a way that you're, you're bringing in a lot of oxygen and you're changing your breathing pattern and you start feeling the tingling sensations in your body. And it could feel like you're hyperventilating, but you're not. And then there's music also. Um, and then the music is very intentional and it's, you know, music elicits emotion, right? So yeah. there's music and breath. And then that combination, again, it it alters your state of being. So you enter into a different realm. And because you're not thinking, you're just breathing, you're not talking, you're just breathing, you start connecting with yourself. And what it does, it's 
it's pretty extraordinary. It starts bringing up emotion, like whatever blockage you had, whatever stuff you were just holding on to, it just brings it out and you start crying. You know, I mean, people have different experiences, right? Some do find it also like they just go into like a meditative state. But a lot of the times what I hear is people just say, I just started crying. And I myself have experienced it where you just feel a surge of emotion. You don't even know what's happening. Some people just start emitting sounds, cries, laughter. It's it's amazing. And it so after you're just like, whoa, what happened? But what I've noticed is that because you're not having to think and use logic, you're just experiencing pure healing and there's a release of some sort. So that's the magic of that. It's pretty impactful. So a combination of those two, plus our soul discussion group where we integrate and we talk about our experiences, it's just a this amazing combination of healing and it's it's pretty awesome but before we wrap up can we do that uh that exercise that we talked about earlier to help uh people just um experience quick relaxation throughout their day or yeah we're actually down to about three minutes now see how i i I knew time was going to fly by (laughs) um uh but and and i think you just answered this but this is a question that came in it says uh, and it's worth reading just because it's a great comment as well. But it says, I love the name you have given your retreats. Uh, we all need a reboot uh, after the 2020 overwhelm. Uh, can you talk about a typical daily schedule? Uh, that you, What would it look like for someone that may be interested in attending? And this is from Helen in Arizona. So for our three-day retreats, it's a pretty packed day. Um, we leave the morning to um, people to either sleep in or engage in a yoga activity. And then there will be breakfast. Um, But some of the activities are what we talked about. We have a sound healing workshop and that helps with what we talked about, but also connecting to your inner voice and your inner power. And then we have breathwork sessions, which are going to help release all that blocked energy and re-energize you. And then we have the soul discussion groups in which we integrate our current situations and experiences and gain support. And then at night, we have these fun dynamic workshops or activities, um, which is a dance and body movement circle. So we We're under the starry night sky and we have candles set everywhere and pillows and blankets. And then we just have a static dance in which people just move their body. I feel like as adults, we sit around too much Mm -hmm. and I really wanted the opportunity to get people moving and again, go with that energy flow and having fun and just reconnecting. And music is just such a fun way to experience life that I thought the more we incorporate it, the better. So that's what it would entail. Um, And another night, we just have a music concert um, with just these traditional instruments. Um, Nacho Arimani, he's an amazing, talented musician, and Mm -hmm. he participates in the retreat, and he just gives people this transcendental experience through his sound. So I really encourage people they have to try this. It'll be life-changing. Well, and we have another comment that has come in. And again, I want to thank those that take the time to send in the questions, the comments. It's really appreciated. This one reads, from the description on the email from Answers, in quotes, uh, your retreats sound wonderful. I created a music and dance program at a private high school that was tremendously pro- popular for 10 years. Uh, the lockdown has destroyed the school's budget for uh, anything outside of basic academics, even after uh, we are allowed to return to the physical grounds. My point is dance, sound, and mindfulness are so critical to the well-being of people of all ages. I admire what you and your team have accomplished and wish you the greatest success. And this is from Danielle in New York. Thank you. Yes, yes. This is so necessary. And I'm glad that people have tried it. And for those that haven't tried it, please join us. Don't feel intimidated. It's going to be amazing. And for those that would like to, how do they get in touch with you? So we have a website called mooncollectiveretreats.com. We're also on Instagram and Facebook under the same names, mooncollectiveretreats.com. 
people can call us. Our number is 310-498-4163. So we're here to support you guys. All right. And for anybody out there, if you weren't able to write that down, if you're driving, we'll make sure that we have all of that on the uh, answers.network site and the answers for the family site as well. Uh, so Lydia, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to come on here, but also just for doing everything that you're doing to, to really empower people and, and bring, bring light and happiness and joy to so many people's lives. Yes, thank you. And feel free to reach out to me if you still want to experience that breathing exercise that we talked about throughout this session. (laughs) Yes, yes. So in fact, well, what we'll do when we have her back, we're going to do a breathing exercise. So everybody check on the website, see when she's going to be back. Maybe when it's a guest co-host again, we'll do a breathing exercise for everybody. Yes, sounds good. All right. Thank you for everybody out there. Please tune in next Monday when we're going to be joined by Dr. Elizabeth Candell Englander, author of 25 Myths About Bullying and Cyberbullying. Now, during our interview, Dr. Englander dispels common myths that are related to confronting bullies, victims seeking revenge on bullies, keeping kids off their phones and computers uh, uh, to prevent cyberbullying. So, Uh, as well as some of the links between bullying and suicide. And unfortunately, this last year, there has been a lot of that as well. So, and again, for everybody, please visit our archives of past interviews at AnswersForTheFamily.com or Answers.network. And you can subscribe to the show through iTunes, iHeart, Stitcher, YouTube, Spreaker, Instagram, and SoundCloud. Whatever platform you listen, go to that platform and just subscribe. Then the show gets sent to you automatically. You can listen to it at your leisure. And remember, if you like what you hear, please leave a review. I want you to know that we greatly appreciate it. And so for everybody out there, just be good human beings and be with us again next week on Answers Network. You're listening to Answers for the Family with Alan Cardoza, right here on L.A. Talk Radio.